You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Harvard Liberty Podcast. This is episode number 214. It'll be Centurion's favorite podcast, Jeremiah Morrill today, joined by co-host Dakota Davis and Jesse Riddle. Uh, we had a special Patreon a moment ago, and uh, basically a tornado came through town. We broke a sign. I believe a child may have taken a swig of uh, bourbon, or at least smelled it and ran away. <laughs> Dakota is trying to fix his microphone. It is falling apart. After Jackson was uh, helping with Patreon, uh, Jesse knocked over. If you go to Patreon, Jesse ruined a $65 pie. I'm not bitter about it at all because content, content, content. Dakota, you got things put back together? That's right. Today's episode features just the three of us. We're going to be talking about George Bush making his opinions known on Joe Biden's uh, Afghanistan plans. And then we're also going to be talking about Joe Biden once again with his right to repair executive order, what that means for you and what that means for the uh, local economy when it comes to farmers. This show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully you'll always learn something new. This episode does come with a warning. There is a pretty significant thunderstorm that's just crossing into Henry County and uh, I sit next to a hero who gets called out every time that the light lights flicker. So at some point he may run away on me and this may become a slightly abbreviated yeah, show. But we're here or the we may here black. We're here and we're trying. It may go dark. We're just going to tell Dakota to not look at his phone for a little while and it's going to be fine. I want to look at the phones. What's he doing over there? He's grabbing his phone to make sure <laughs> to make sure he knows when it tries to call him out. Oh, we just did the the Patreon. It was uh, it was expensive, but uh, uh, fun, I guess. It cost me sixty five dollars. <laughs> yeah, and you have a good pie to show for it. Uh, it was blue ribbon pie from the Henry County Forage Fair. Oh, beautiful! It looks like the storm is not that bad anymore. Yeah, the the warnings it's, have uh, it's fallen apart. It's going to be okay. It fell apart, apart like the pie on the floor. Oh, we got some right. big ones coming. Need to think. Anderson's just getting whacked. Need to thank Christy Avery, who I think we're going to see this weekend potentially uh, at a uh, at a at a private event put together by Chris Spangle, uh, John Phillips, Andy Moore, Buick GMC, Andy Meyer, and uh, Fiddler's Green Cigar Company. Chris Lamb, thank you to all of you for your continued massive fifty dollars or more a month support to the uh, to the podcast. That's right, uh, and at patreon.com slash boss liberty, you get the show notes ahead of time. And if you are a Patreon member, then You've got some pretty good show notes this week, if I do say so myself. Uh, I wrote them. There's some good information in them, some stuff that we're going to be talking about. There's some good links in there that I pulled the information from. There's also a link to a Vice video that's going to help a lot whenever we get to the right to repair policy. Um, it would be a great thing if you would click on that link, Patreon member who's listening to this, and watch it when it's safe. I know you're probably in your car right now listening to us, but... Uh, that would be a good thing to do. 
We also have T-Chip stores, tchip.com slash bho one two three four or mug. I don't know if we have a producer today. We don't have a producer that's going to put those in the chat right now. But uh, if you go to bosshogofliberty.com, there's links to them there. And uh, bosshogofliberty.com is our website. It's been revamped. Jesse Riddle is on the website. We don't have a, uh, a producer tonight, and we have an empty chair because we thought uh, we thought Audrey was going to be with us, but she had to. She got called out uh, for her emergency. Uh, yeah, she it, had to go to work. She had to. She had to do some cup making. That's um, the it's the, in, the Chris Staten in memorial chair is what that is. Uh, <laughs> Dakota can't stay in his seat. I think he took some speed or something. He cannot he's possibly stay in his seat today. tonight. He's all over the place. Yeah. He's up and he's, he's down. He's had a good day. I think you he's turn, had a good day. You turn the show over to him for a second and he's like, nope, I'm leaving again. Can't count on he's me. He's back on those carbs. Man. Count, he's, count on he's me. He's energy again. Yeah, he's going to come crashing down. He's had, he'd been sneaking uh, bites of this pie for quite a while. So now he's probably going to come total sugar. And I crashing. had ice cream before we came. Oh my God. Yeah, that's, that explains the behavior. Andy's on beer. This is my first beer. <laughs> <laughs> Andy's on beer. He had a shot of sound like my mother. He had a shot of the red breast. He tried a Mickey's and now he's onto his third alcoholic drink in, in a half an hour. I didn't even have a shot. There are the breasts here. I just like to get a little sip of the red breast before we get started. I don't noticed. you like to start your night out with a sip of red breast? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's good. It's really good. Uh, maybe one day. So Dakota, we each picked a topic tonight. When I say we, I mean you and I. Yeah. And you said we're talking about Jorge Bush and his opinion on current president. Uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, not not Donald Trump. It's uh, Joe Harry, Biden. Harry Legs. Joe Joseph Biden. You know the thing. His, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Joe Biden and his uh, he's following through on the campaign promise of Barack Obama and actually taking troops out of Afghanistan. Yeah, but he. I feel like he's just riding the coattails of Trump, who was already setting he was already up for doing August it as well or he's, something. No, Trump was earlier. Oh, I think right. that the troops were supposed to be out in May with Trump. Yeah, and uh, then Biden actually extended, extended it. it to <laughs> August. But the media, the mainstream media, would never—you would never know that because whenever oh. Biden announced that they were being withdrew in August, the media is like, "Oh, look, look at our great, peaceful president. He's pulling the troops. He's bringing the troops home." Yeah. And I was like, "But later." I was going to say, I remember. Uh, I was going to say, I remember then I was like, they are not talking about how this wasn't his idea. <laughs> like yeah. they were just like, well, he's, they're good. They're going to remove him in August. I was like, well, that's, he's pushed the date back. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the problem is, is that Trump had uh, brokered this deal with, because Al Qaeda is, is big again in Afghanistan. It's not so much, you have Al Qaeda, you have ISIS They're They're different groups even though like we tend to think of them as the same people and there's a lot of overlap, uh, but they are actually different groups. Al Qaeda has been around since the Bush days. They didn't just go away, but they've been growing again in Afghanistan. And Trump talked to the Afghan government. They, he talked to, he they actually talked to leaders of Al Qaeda and they were able to come to an agreement that Al Qaeda is going to, they're going to stay in their place. They're not going to try to conquer as they were before. And then, and they came up with the date. And that's when Trump said, okay, or Trump's people. It's not like Trump was actually over there with Al Qaeda. So, so what you have now is you have a a president from three terms ago that started by, by sending these folks into Afghanistan. 
20 years ago. And he's, he's now openly questioning the current president's policy of withdrawing the troops, saying that you're going to create a vacuum and what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, and he's, it seemed like George Bush's major concern, and this was with actually a, a German reporter that Bush was talking to whenever this story broke. Uh, so Bush is talking to this German reporter and he just said basically like, I think that there's, this is a mistake. And he basically said, uh, just cited the atrocities that Al Qaeda has committed over there. I mean, and said like George Bush does, nobody made him talk to a reporter. He, this is out there because he wants yeah. it to be out there. Yeah. He was talking. Yeah. And he fully knew that probably it was going to be major news. And, uh, I, in my mind, I saw it, and I thought the reason I wanted to talk about it is because I think it's it's kind of an interesting dynamic if you've listened to the show for a long time, because I think that when this show first started, I would have been uh, calling George Bush an idiot and saying that what he was saying was foolish and just get the troops out. Uh, well, they don't need to be over there. But what, now it's what like, are you going I to think accomplish? He's kind of right. Yeah. What are you going to accomplish, though? If you stay there, are you going to stay there another twenty years and have the same thing? And right. Continue That's to spend American conundrum. money being there. It's you're going to have the same result whether you're there for a hundred years mm-hmm. or you're there for five more years or you're done this August. You, yeah. You, yeah. At some point, you're going to you're, you're going to you're going to let go, or, or you're going to be there for the rest of time until the country fails. One of those is going to happen. So the question is: Is okay, when are you pragmatic enough to say, "Okay, we're done"? Yeah. You're you're right. But there's going to be a lot of innocent people that get murdered in horrible ways because of that. It's been happening for 20 years at a less of a rate as we're when we're there. That's there's that's there, kind there of there are horrible atrocities the so entire time, and the U.S. is going to playing. be yeah. There's going to be innocent people die either way. You just have to go like it's just a hard thing to think about. Your entire life, the U.S. has been. Play, it's since you were five years old, right? Yeah. The, the, the U.S. has been over there. So it's an inconceivable thought to you to not be the world's policeman and being in charge of Afghanistan. But there are horrible atrocities that happen in Africa all the time. Right. The U.S. Is not, does not have boots on the ground, and we're not involved. Yeah. The issue is, is that we've played a major role in radical, especially during the Obama era. During Obama's era, we went from... We went from very strategic, because this is one thing that Bush was good about. Bush was good about listening to his military leaders who utilized... Jesus, um, Jesse. <laughs> and they did Do you want to drop another beer in the pie? Oh, wow. There's just like an icicle hanging off the edge of peanut butter. But Bush did a really good job of listening to his the people in the military that were advising him about utilizing people like special operations teams, like like the Navy SEALs, um, the Army Rangers, yeah, people like that who could be strategic, go in surgically. The neoconservatives are really, really good at war, war games. Yeah. They're, they're practiced at it. So they, they would Been go doing in. It since Nixon. They would go, we've got bad guys here. Go And they would send a team of highly trained, specialized uh, men and take out those individuals. The civilian casualty rate was much lower during George Bush's term than Obama's term. Because with Obama, he wanted the numbers to look better of how many troops we were sending over to the foreign soil. Because he had campaigned on change 
bringing the troops home. So he wanted to be, he wanted the numbers in Afghanistan and Iraq to be going down steadily throughout his term. So that's whenever we moved more dramatically towards unmanned drone strikes. And the problem with an unmanned drone strike is that it's not as accurate as six guys with some. You guns. also lost a tremendous amount of in the in the George Bush era. You lost a tremendous amount of American troops, and there was a time where we had yeah. we just kept it was called the surge, right? You kept sending more and more and more Americans over there, and we lost a, and an incredible get, amount yeah. of American soldiers in that process as well. It's a terrible war, terrible oh, war. Invasion, <laughs> occupation, yeah. conflict—you pick. I know. Pick I'm just the saying. war on terror and the occupation of Afghanistan. Yeah, I just think there's something bigger at hand, and I'm not even a conspiracy theorist. I'm just like, there's no reason for it. So, yeah. again, there's that, absolutely <clears throat> bigger things at hand. Like, like what's your objective, reserves? Dakota? It, it, right now, you're just an occupying force. Unless you have an, uh, unless you declare a war or have some sort of an authorization, yeah. it's time to come home. So uh, George, I agree listen. on these fronts. I just think that it's important to talk about the ramifications of what we've done and what's going to happen. I voted once we against just it every chance I've had. I didn't do any of it. it. But we live here. This is our government, and that's the role that they've played. They've gone over there. <laughs> we've done a pretty good job of radicalizing people. Especially during Obama's turn, whenever we were whacking civilians left and right with drone strikes and bombing weddings. Purple-haired people and Doc Martens. <laughs> okay, whatever that means. I don't know. I don't know. What <laughs> I made my new balances now. Not my, woke, my, doc, my Doc Martens no. are in the car. <laughs> so I, I think, again, I think it's, I think part of it is, yeah, like you're, you have not lived a life where like we weren't over there. And to me, it's just like, yeah, just fucking pull out whenever you can. Because you got to pull the band-aid. This is endless. In in my view, it's an endless. There's no. So here it says, right. Bush seems to think that we can't leave until the region is stable. I don't know who wrote that, but um, yeah. So, and then there's like this like thing of like, how can it be stable? When are all of them dead? Jesse's now reading the show notes, but I'm just, yeah, I I wrote the show notes and that's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking along the same lines of you guys, like how is it going to be stable again? And like, is the answer to that is what George Bush thinking, oh, this is going to be stable if we send more troops over there and literally just kill all of them. Well, that's so, yeah, I was going to say there's a, one of my favorite songs is technically a duet, but it's a metal song from in flames. And in it, it says, it's a, I think the, the lyric is who decides who lost the war. Is it when the first man falls or when we've erased it all? Like you, there is no, like it's, it's a lose lose situation. We can't be involved anymore. Like they have to fix their problems. Now we will probably follow up with some other bullshit and bring some other thing in there. We'll go to Syria next, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the United States. Well, I'm saying we'll do do the CIA and whatever is going to do whatever they can to do what they can with elections, to rig their elections, to try to get shit changed, try to get other foreign countries. We just whacked the, president of haiti for this reason haiti's sitting on the second largest oil reserves in the entire world right now yeah you think the americans did that the guy who whacked him who's in custody right now said that this was a cia operation at the american government he's been working with the american government well that's exactly what you would say when you get arrested that's yeah, what i would a say a cia operative would not say that Actually, no but the, the cia the, operative the would random, have gotten killed immediately the random <laughs> 
the random the random guy they hired. He's like, "Whoa, bro! I ha- I thought we were good." Well, that's what I'm saying. They don't this, hire <laughs> random people. No, th- this this random guy is like, "Oh yeah, I was definitely CIA." It's, yeah, that that, yeah. that, that story never, doesn't check if you've out. Never wa- so, uh, sorry. This is actually ties into this a little bit, but because we're getting in a conspiracy theory world, but the. I just wanted to fic- talk about fixing iPhones and tractors. Well, listen, <laughs> the Middle East is fraught with conspiracy. So it's it's not like we were never going to be at this conversation. Correct. But I was saying explicitly the CIA, right? The CIA, in theory, right? The conspiracy is that they are the ones who manufactured this entire problem by supplying firearms and stuff to bin Laden to help fight against Russia or whoever the hell it was back in the 1980s. I don't think that's a conspiracy theory. I think that those documents have been released. Yeah, I don't know. But – what I'm getting at though is the CIA. That's why I said the CIA is going to do other things. Cause like, that's how they operate. They're essentially, they're not a shadow organization yet. They operate like one and they're going to do whatever they they're can. They're an executive level unchecked yeah. operation and they will do whatever they can. And there are tons of release documents that prove that this is how they operate. And, uh, there's that show on Netflix. Um, talking about jack ryan on no, Amazon? No, no 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 this is a documentary it's something spy spy something but um it's really good uh netflix spy someone's yelling at us right now in the car <laughs> it's this man but um yeah. but anyway it's it kind of talks about like the cia and probably mi6 um uh, spycraft james, spycraft oh i was gonna say james bond no spycraft but they deal with like high-tech surveillance and stuff and it's super good. And they talk about assassinations. They talk about all kinds of cool stuff and how they did it. Like the, the CIA has their own like hardware department where they build their own spy crap and they don't, cause they don't like buy it from organizations. They bring is their own a, engineers. Is, is Mike Baker on that show? I have no idea, but <laughs> the, uh, if you haven't watched the show, it's, it's a really short docu docu series of like four or five, maybe six episodes. And it's really good. Kind of like, high level explanation of like things that have happened in the past. The CIA have done and MI6 have done and kind of how all that stuff works. So, so what, what got me in the mind space where I'm at now is first of all, I listened to a podcast with a lady named Holly McKay. And I think that I, you were in a group chat that I dropped that podcast link in and said, everyone in here should listen to this Been buying pies. This was it's a long, long time tacos. ago. This was a long time ago. <laughs> it's been a busy ago. week. Holly McKay wrote a book, and it's she's a, a journalist and a photojournalist, and she spent some time in Iraq and Afghanistan just talking with regular civilians. Um, she also got the opportunity to go and talk to um, prisoners who were members of Al-Qaeda and also members of ISIS and kind of asked them, like, why are you doing why – why did you join? Why – do you feel the way that you do? But the main things that hit me the hardest, um, yeah, she's an Australian lady, and uh, she's she's really good. Uh, but anyway, she wrote a book uh, talking about her experiences over there. I was trying to figure out if she was uh, married to Adam McKay, but she's not. Um, and basically, like the the interviews that she had with, especially the women over there, are just heartbreaking. Right. It's it's like the most horrific things that you can imagine that these men, these animals do to innocent people over there. And it's like so at that point I I think of George Bush and where I think that he lies of going, 
like literally just kill all of them and then we can leave. The problem is like that. I know that's not going to happen obviously, but then like there's also that part of me that after reading uh, only cry for the living where it's like the world would be a better place if they were all just dead. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, that's the that's the thought people had uh, in two thousand and two <laughs> or whenever yeah. we went in. Yeah. That it was we're going to kill them all. So I they remember can't kill us here. Well, I was going to say I remember that was that is a very two thousand and one thought process. GQE. I was taking the GQE here in Indiana, and uh, I remember like the towers getting hit, and then like maybe a day or two later, all of the hillbillies I'm in school with are like, we should just nuke them. I'm like, you can't just nuke people. Turn sand into glass. Yeah. So uh, this again, this this comes to the second, my favorite second line from the same call. So it's from a band called In Flames, and the song's called Dead End. But anyway, the second part of this lyric, uh, uh, one of the other lyrics in the song that are very strong when I listen to it are, uh, what will it take for us to realize that the more we provoke, winter will come twice? And like, I fucking love that. Like, I was like, quit yeah, provoking people. That like, goes back to what we were just talking about right. with That's what I'm saying. radicalizing more people. Right. It's, it's a hard. You have an entire new generation, right? The people that you're pissed at that, that did the stuff then are 50 years old. They yep. are not. They're, it's yep. an entirely new generation. And, one, one and, it's, thing, and the people that, that Russia was fighting are 70 years old now. One thing that I dead. found interesting from um, Holly McKay, that she was talking about a lot of like the. 16, 17, 18 year old boys that she would talk to that had been arrested and taken in because they got caught like firing an RPG at an American base yeah, or things like that. And she's like, why, why, why would you join ISIS? Why would you shoot an RPG? And she's like, the majority of them are just like, I didn't really join ISIS. Like they just offered me money to shoot an RPG. Right. And we don't have money. So it's, that's an issue there whenever we're talking well, about, um, just fight who we're fighting against. So I, I think, so to kind of wrap this back into the, the Africa thing too, I think that in Africa has like its own problems as far as, I don't want to say problems, but their own like stance and stuff. But the, uh, <clears throat> I think in order for these things to come back, for these things to go away, um, you have to, like me being a, what I like to think like a, like a, a good hearted capitalist is like, you need commerce, you need commerce, you need jobs, you need reasons to live, you know, where people don't have to like get, you know, you can't be bothered with your best option can be the mercenary <laughs> yeah option. yeah you can't be like hey kid you want to shoot an rpg at a u.s uh, government building for 500 bucks you're like hell yeah no <laughs> i got a shift at amazon at the warehouse and yeah. they're paying me 800 yeah you know and the, the chances of you dying like the risk is you know a low risk way of making money would be great and i i, I say this for africa too because there's parts of africa that are suffering from this and you know it's the atrocities this is why if you find like people who really, I, well, at least what I think are, you know, they know what they're talking about. Capitalism brings security and lessens violence and brings all the things in. So we can all partake in the fruits of each other's labor and we no longer hate each other anymore. But instead people, uh, we hate each other to, for salt life stickers and driving slow. In the <laughs> yeah. We get bored and <laughs> we, we have different, we start reasons, having yeah. first world problems <laughs> and, you know, 
but it's I, to get out of like third world problems. I think getting some sort of like commerce going is like commerce and obviously which requires education. So like people are going to try to invest in getting educated laborers and stuff. And like that is the path out of hell. If you yeah. don't do that, you're not going to get out. One really interesting thing that I find really interesting is listening to people talk about going through that region, like spending time in that region like 30 years ago. Oh, yeah. It used to be a beautiful place. Iraq, man. Like you look at old photos from like, like 60s and shit. going on vacation yeah. to Iraq. It's a totally like that's a weird thing to say in today's world. It's the yeah. crescent of the earth, man. That's where civilization yeah. began. Right. And it's you I, go to in, in in the sixties. You may have gone to Israel, and you may have gone there. Like yeah. those are the whole, those are the holy grounds. Yeah, it's like I was gonna say. That's the other thing is like the how much religion is playing a part of a lot of this too. And um, you know, those organizations need to stand up and start. Yeah, just like you have, like people want us to like denounce racism and all that other shit. Religions need to do the same thing. Like if people are not living like to like the you know, the, the critical mass of the movement, you need to denounce them from the movement and be like, and like do a really good job of being like, these people are not us and what's going to create their own rifts. But you, people need to be responsible that we, the same thing with the LP and they, the people like judge the LP for years because we had alt right people in our group and leadership wouldn't say anything about it. They just let it happen. And that was like the shittiest thing that I hated about all the leadership. I'm like, you guys need to address this. And they're like, well, if we don't, if we bring it up, you know, it's just only going to get stronger. I'm like, no, you need to separate them from your party immediately yeah, and let them walk themselves out because they're not going to have anywhere to play here. And I, I mean, I had qu- like s- small conversations with Nick uh, about it several times. Nick Sarwark, the yeah, former Sarwark, national chairman. Yeah. And because I'm like, I was in like an ANCAP group on Facebook and you know, these people were in there like in, uh, there's a couple guys that I real like, two people explicitly I really liked in that group, and I would talk to them like in DMs and stuff, and like just be like, yeah, like this is crazy, and like some of them would infiltrate those two guys would like infiltrate alt right groups and like kind of follow them through, and like yeah, the LP is getting ransacked by, or at least like the the libertarian movement itself, right, is getting ransacked by alt right ideology. Yeah. Um, Dude, I don't know that it's such free. a problem now, but it, back no, in like, it was. Well, they now yeah, they've carved like out their own space. 2016 or so. Well, I, yeah, start, it was getting rough. Yeah, because it was like this weird fallout of all of like these weird Ron Paul, Ron Paul people and the Tea Party movement, and they're trying to find a home yeah. because they were ev- they were evicting. Or I the, guess like 2015. Yeah, would have been the peak. Yeah, yeah, t- the peak for sure. And because t- 2012 and stuff was when Tea Party was like doing really well for itself 2011 right? 2012 yeah. and then by the 2016 trump came along and yeah and they scooped all those people they, up. they all they all yeah. and they found it. a home and that's why trump has had these conversations about his own party and all this other stuff because they've they have their they have their they have their vehicle yeah and their leader <laughs> which is hilarious that these people well i don't need no leader but yet they will the dick of trump every second damn chance they get which is hilarious so afghanistan Dakota, are you saying that you you want status quo and not to not to withdraw? Is that what we're talking about here? No, I'm or you just, just want to read it into the record so that case it goes important. badly. It's important to have it a conversation of saying, yes, we need to be leaving, but I think that we have a responsibility to assist the government there and going like we know we caused some of this issue. We will help you create 
you know, trade relations, uh, business relations, whatever needs to happen and, uh, and kind of do it that way. Well, I, I think, it just, we need to have the understanding that there's going to be a lot of people. I was going to say, I think they, they need to make, they sh- if the, if they are not, if they're trying to make it like, it's going to be like rainbows and unicorns. No, be, be honest. Like <laughs> this isn't going to be easy. And I think that was the big thing, right? It, it, this is the same thing with libertarianism and stuff too, right? With the extremist libertarians, it's like, oh, we're just going to turn all the switches off at once. No, you're not. That yeah. you're going to enter chaos, and I don't want to live in chaos. Like you have to strategically pull these things apart, right? So it's the same problem, exact same problem. Are you? Are, is your phone broke? No, I'm trying to. I'm just trying to do something. That was over a here. segue. That was a really good segue. It was it is? You're doing fine, but it's a good thing that this has happened. Like. It's a good thing that it's ha- going to happen under Biden's watch. <laughs> what does that mean? I, Dakota I'm doesn't saying, want the blood on his hands as no, a libertarian. I'm oh. saying that uh, <laughs> with Biden, the because what's got, what would have been gross if it had happened under Trump, if Trump got reelected and it was happening back in May. That wasn't even and, on the show notes, but he just like won the, what was the thing? Trump? For 2024. The CPAC straw yeah, poll. CPAC oh, yeah. straw poll, yeah. yeah. He won like 75%. Overwhelmingly. Yeah, it's so damn early. He still got 20%. He got 20% in the poll that said, if anyone other than Donald Trump, and 21% of people clicked <laughs> other Donald Trump. That's hilarious. Yeah. It's but so anyway, it's if, still the, 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 I think it would have been, I don't know if, I think I chose the wrong words. It's not good that it's happening under Biden. I'm just saying like, if it happened under Trump, then we would have seen we would have been bombarded with nothing. You would have been bombarded single, with what you're bringing up. Yes, with yeah. every single rape, murder, atrocity yes. that Al Qaeda committed in Afghanistan. This way, you don't have to think about it. Dakota. And your conscience is clean. Yes. Biden, we're not going to see any. Correct. Yeah. The, the so negative. saying it was good was a bad choice of wording. What I'm saying is, they'll, it's they'll good even for write Biden. about it. They'll write about it, but it will never make headline news. That way, they can say we wrote about it. Yeah. But it'll, they'll funnel it. They'll probably like hide seven. it from. You'll put, they'll hide it from Google. It'll never make the news. Yeah, they'll be like, you, you know, Barry Weiss, the journalist that you all hate. Yeah, she wrote about it. Yeah, <laughs> Barry Weiss is a great journalist, by the way. Just most lefties hate her because of her stance on Israel. She got canceled uh, on Twitter. So the other big topic I wanted to work on tonight, and I think it's very much a boss hog liberty topic. It, it is. deals with tractors, especially it the deals last portion with executive orders. It deals with technology, and it deals with your fundamental rights. Xboxes. So, yep. On Friday, Joe Biden signed an executive order that directs the Federal Trade Commission to create directives that would uh, basically for, forbid any manufacturer from placing a uh, some kind of barrier or written policy that would keep you, the consumer, from fixing your own electronic equipment. So... Like what that means is like if you have an an Apple iPhone right now, you can only go and get it repaired at the Apple store. So the otherwise avoids your warranty. Yeah. So that's that's the issue. You have the right now because of the is it the Digital Millennium Comp- Copyright Act, Jesse from 2015 that says that you can work on your own stuff. So but what happens have, is that the the manufacturer can say, well, you voided your warranty. I was gonna say, I, I, does this actually get rid of the warranty? This this will say that you can't you, you you're allowed to work on your own stuff and they can't hold you saying that you've ruined your warranty. Uh, the stuff I read did not say that, so that's why I, that's, I'm not I'm not saying it's wrong or right. I was just like, oh, I didn't read that. This is kind of in that article, and I want to add some journalist. clarity to this. We, I, yeah, I read some different stuff. So 
there are, there's two, there's two things going on. First off, right. Is that the, the right to repair movement has been around strongly been around for, for the last long. couple of years. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, there was a big statement video that came out from Steve Wozniak. Yeah. Apparently who's the, uh, the Apple guy helped found Apple with Steve jobs in the, in the eighties, but he's been out of the company since that time. Yeah. And so for a little backstory on that, uh, old it guys are extremists <laughs> And they want everything to be essentially free um, and, you know, whatever. Like, I, I have my own thoughts about that. But the, so the, it's not surprising that you'll see a lot of, like, older uh, IT people and programmers and stuff, uh, hardware guys. And Wozniak was a huge hardware guy. But um, what he says is that in his era, they had everything was open source. They could look at how every every chip not the chip but how every computer how every device is made and they could they could engineer whatever they wanted to out of it yeah so i was gonna so but so there's two like i was trying to get i want to separate a couple things because there's two things kind of going on and one that i think i i can agree with the second i don't know if i agree with it the first which i think is what biden has talked to is just for people outside of the actual manufacturers to get access to the tools, parts and manuals to repair their products. That is kind of like the overarching thing. I feel like that Biden has talked about. So the decision is, is does the original manufacturer own all of the intellectual property into what goes into this computer? Or is it, I own the computer. So I have the right to know how it's built so that I can, I can make my changes to it. Yeah. That's kind of like, the, the first like layer the uh, overall question. Yeah. Right. But, but there's a second. So what I'm trying to say is in the movement, there are two parts. The second, which I don't agree with arguably, or at least I think is if is forcing the tech companies to design and build products that are easier to fix. I don't that like the, that. Is that in the executive order? No, that, that's okay. why I'm trying to clarify the, the, the difference between the executive order and the movement. Okay. okay. So the movement, the two, there's two things from the movement. The first one is the thing that kind of got built into the executive order, which was access to tools, parts, manuals, and repair products. The other thing is like, you know, like your, your dad, or at least my dad, my dad is old school, was old school, but was like, Oh, things are just, they can't even repair them anymore. And you're like, you're engineered too much. And you can't first off, everything he was computer. saying that in 1996 and people are talking about how awesome 96 was. So it's, I think there's some relativeness to it, but yeah, but I don't know about forcing tech companies to design and build products that are easier to fix. If they start talking about that, I'm going to have a big problem with that. That sounds like an issue that would lead to, that would just blockade all kinds of progress so in the tech industry. I have some pros and cons. If I can read through the list and you guys want to choose and pick through them, that's fine. But I want to get to each one real fast. So just read through your list uninterrupted. Thank you. Pros of this, right? We can reopen competition in the repair markets. Uh, we have the potential to create more higher wage jobs in local markets. Uh, it's creating more hackers, kind of what Wozniak's talking about, who could bring upgrades to actual existing devices. Uh, the lower middle class are likely to be able to obtain and maintain higher end tools. Uh, so what I mean, uh, yeah. So what I kind of want to mean by that is like uh, people would be more apt if they could repair their phones to buy more expensive phones. If most people don't, because they break and whatnot and they can't, they can't afford to replace them like at a thousand dollars a pop, uh, generating less e-waste. Right. I'm hoping that maybe we would revisit modular designs so that things, more parts are interchangeable. Uh, so I don't need an entire new phone. I can just swap out. My speaker doesn't work. I can just 
change my speaker. Out. Yeah, and there was the, there was a a couple of years ago. There was this concept of a modular phone that people thought was like this. You could buy different parts for your phone and upgrade the the RAM and all kinds of stuff. So the kind uh, of things we did with computers fifteen yeah, years ago. Well, you still can do it with desktops, right? Um, U.S. may get back into the hardware manufacturing. Maybe that's a possibility. Um, and then shorter turnarounds, like obviously on uh, getting your phones fixed versus like having to send it off. Um, but some of the cons that I have, uh, the lack of authority and certification process creates a trust barrier um, and creates a petri dish for subpar repairs. Like now, I no longer know where to go to get a good repair. Well, but you can choose to use Apple if you wanted. To. No, no, you can. Right. I, 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 by by creating opportunity, Apple can differentiate itself and say, "Look, you get a trusted factory repair, but it's going to be two hundred and eighty dollars for me." Or you can use Dakota's garage repair, right. and he says he'll do it for eighty two dollars. Right, right. No, I, that's the competition part. I'm just saying, without having what I'm trying to get as, it would be nice if there was some sort of a, like certification you could qualify for to say that I am certified to repair these the market things. very well could create right. that. Yeah. So it's kind of like the, the ASC certified of, mechanics. For right. Cars. So, so the thing is the FTC, so I'm trying to get through this so I can, we can talk to this, all of this, but, and why some of this is a con for now and why it's a con and things that the FTC should think about. Uh, so I think it's going to be a hit to the research and development budgets, obviously, because the margins are going to go down. Right. Uh, they're not going to, and not the, I shouldn't say the margin is going to go down. The budgets will decrease because they're not selling as many phones at, you know, cause they just don't have to, or uh, people don't have to buy them. Innovations may slow down because companies can make things easy. If, if they have to make things easier to fix, it's going to make, you're going to make a lot of engineering decisions that you would not make if you have to make it easy to repair. Um, uh, <laughs> once again, that's not in the executive order, right? Uh, it requires not only force, but an executive order, which is always a con in my book. Uh, initial cost increase, preventing cheaper versions. So, um, I think, uh, potentially we're going to see phones get, uh, or like devices and shit get more expensive because they're going to try to make up the money they would have made on warranties or on repairs at other bots or buys on the front end now. Um, and I think that from a business perspective, I would quit creating cheaper versions of phones. I'd be like, yep, you only have, now you have to pay $1,200 for a phone. So I get all my money up front. Um, Backup hygiene is going to remain an afterthought because we were getting to a part where people understood they need to make backups because you're not going to have access to your stuff. And if you can repair it all the time, people are like, oh, I can just get it fixed and I'll get my stuff back. I mean, it's mostly cloud-based now anyway, right? If you lose your phone, what do you lose? I mean, yeah. And so the bigger, the other thing that I think is something of concern, uh, uh, security is going to be, becomes extremely weakened, at least at first. Uh, initially, because until the new versions of hardware hit the market, uh, this is especially true for like Internet of Things, um, who are already plagued with terrible, terrible, terrible security problems. And if all of this information is released into the public, Internet of Things, you mean like the refrigerator that's connected to Wi-Fi? Yeah, everything, everything that connects to the Internet that is not like your standard computer, your that, light bulb, your printer, things that don't get updates, right? And or they don't get updated very often. Or people don't even know. The other thing is like people, if you release this information, right? People are going like hackers, right? Are going to have like a buffet. They're going to have a, a, a map. Yes. And they, yeah, they have a map where, where every treasure, where every weakness is in every system um, to exploit. And some of these things cannot easily be patched um, because, you know, either like it's just people won't do it. Um, People don't know to do it. 
you know, they may or may not be built. Like sometimes upgrading firmware on like some of your devices requires you to plug them in. It's not like they're attached to the Wi-Fi. Um, and getting, I should say they're attached to the Wi-Fi, but it's not like they're attached to, uh, the internet to get updates. Sometimes right. you have there to, there are some things updates. you have to flash. Yeah. Right. So anyway, those are the, those are my thoughts. I want to kind of think about some of them are going to be the same. So if you guys have similar thoughts, I would like, obviously we can pedal off those. But. I wasn't told we were preparing a pro and con list. I, I, I think it was pretty good. <laughs> one of the, one of the big things that I thought about was, um, competition in the market. Yeah. Is that like, we have like the U break I fix stores yep. now. Um, those places, that's like the only place you can go if you have a Google Pixel, Jeremiah, and have that replaced and not void your Google warranty. But now you'll be able to go. I mean, Geek Squad at Best Buy. You know, who knows? This is not just cell phones. I think that's that's important yeah. for us to talk about. Is that cell phones are something we're talking about? But this one of the other big issues has been in the agriculture community, which we come from, and John Deere has been a a leader of only John Deere certified folks can come work on your John Deere tractor because it's just like your car with a computer in it where you have to plug in and you have to access a module so that you can you can make any changes. If a, yeah, if a piece of equipment breaks, only their people can come and fix it. I dropped a link for the Patreon members in the show notes um, during this section. And it's actually a video that I watched. I watched this video probably like two months ago. Uh, I watch a lot of Vice videos at lunchtime because uh, I love like the I love those Vice. They're like, an investigative. Do- yeah, they're like the twenty minute documentary things. Yep. they're great. Uh, they do a really good job on most of their stuff. And they were inter- they were, the headline of the video is something like these farmers are having to hack their computers because they can't fix them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's is like, it similar to like how like all the guys with diesels out here are out here hacking their like computers to like make richer fuel deliveries? They're, systems well, and they're, stuff they're like using that, or? they're using tuners to do what they yeah. want, but these guys are literally down, and it, you're told, okay, well, you have to wait on a John Deere tech to come out, and if the tech can't come to you, then you need to load your tractor up, send it in, and they've got stuff to do, so they so, have to. And you, it has it's a production piece of equipment that has to be to up and running. I'm someone surprised. to haul your tractor. I'm surprised that this didn't. So, like when I was reading, apparently, and I didn't know this, but uh, or at least I remember it. But like the Motor Vehicle Owners' Right to Repair Act was passed in 2014, and so new car manufacturers now have to make the same service information and tools available to independent repair shops um, as they do to dealers. As they do the franchise dealers. Yeah. So. I'm surprised. It's, I mean, farm obviously, equipment is different than an automobile. Yeah, I could, I mean, they're not motor vehicles, apparently, right? Yeah. There's some farm equipment, and there's so they don't. It's kind of like John Deere got like a. Whew, they didn't have to worry about it, and they've probably been like amping up their game to break in every dollar they can until this happened. I'm sure the Vice video that Dakota sent was specific to Nebraska. There was a state legislator mm-hmm. who tried to say, if you own a device, if there's a device sold in a product sold in Nebraska, you have to have the right to repair, and that turned out lobbyists coming in from Microsoft, from Apple, from AT&T yeah, is coming it. in and saying, whoa, 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 people aren't going to sell our product in your state anymore if you do this. We're going to leave Nebraska. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I just, the internet exists. We can we're still order things. I, I don't know. Like, I'm a big open source advocate. So I'm like, I'm, but I'm also like, I don't know. Like, obviously, yeah, like, I don't know why these people are buying John Deere's <laughs> like, I, and like, that's part of my problem. I'm like, why are you buying John Deere's if they have this shitty like experience for you? Um, you know, like and some people, it's, uh, well, there's a guy I watch on YouTube who does hardware repairs. 
Um, and I just like, he's awesome. Like he has like all the camera set up so he can like watch it. And he talks to the parents. Uh, I'm not sure of his name. I don't watch him that often. I've watched like three videos, four videos, but like, I like, I love those types of videos. Yeah. Like he, and he owns like a repair shop or whatever. And like, he is like super nerdy about it. And he has a couple videos on this actually, but, um, the, where was I going with this? <laughs> like circuitry and stuff. A lot, the, the bigger problem, right. And I, I don't know enough about the tractor stuff, right? Like the voiding, the voiding of the warranty. If I owned a product, I'm either not going to offer warranties anymore or it's like you're going to get one or the other, right? Well, you've got options, right? There are there are a, a number of different ways companies can handle it. A manufacturer can say, listen, you can automatically buy a manufacturer warranty and our, right. our support comes with it. You can say you're on your own. You can pay for our support if you want to, or you can be in the Wild West. When did the whole factory, so the factory pre-owned stuff become a thing? Was that in 2014? No, I think certified, like buying a certified, certified Toyota has been around for a while. Okay. That's just, I think that's just a branding of, you know, it's a relatively new vehicle and the dealerships looked over it, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Well, I just thought maybe since like they couldn't do the other thing since 2014, they've like created this, fabricated this new product. That would make sense. To be like, look, you certified pre-owned, uh, cause to get certified pre-owned, you have to do stuff still at the dealer, I think, uh, to maintain that, to maintain that. That thing. It doesn't mean that they don't mat. They won't. It's to maintain that branding, but like the manufacturer warranties, obviously the default was um, always. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? There, there was an interesting guy in so, the John Deere video where he was like, um, he was he was your stereotypical middle aged farmer, and he's like <laughs> trying to learn code. It's hilarious. It's awesome. And he's though. like he's like. I got to plug this computer into a tractor and try to figure it out. And I'm like, this is amazing. You know, like it's, this is the future. Well, and it is. I mean, continue. I don't want to interrupt right now. It's just what you were going to that. Like, I know Elon Musk has said it. He's been talking about open source software quite a bit. He's brought it like to the forefront in the mainstream to where before, like only people in the tech industry, really like talked about it very much on form. You're not going to know that it wasn't mainstream because you've been in this area for your entire life. But Elon like really brought it to the forefront. Mainstream started talking about open source software. What does that mean? And how, like, what does it mean for it to be available to everyone? Right. And I think that this is a really big step in that direction. If you work on a car, the easiest thing that a lot of folks can go back to is, is understanding that if you bought a, a car, you bought a Chevrolet, you can go down to the auto parts store and you can buy a what they call a Chilton's manual. Chilton's the name of the company. And then make a repair manual that says, here are all of the parts of the car and here are, here's how you fix it. Yeah. So the, the guy at home can work on his truck and he knows the Mark Rims of the world can know that if I'm going to do, uh, if I'm going to take the head gaskets off, I'm going to do a head gasket change. I know the torque spec of the right. bolts when I put them back on the vehicle. Yeah, you yeah. know what's what. So you have a map once yeah. again. It's well, I, I used I used to use one of those all the time for my Dodge Neon because I used to do a lot of repairs on it. But I, I, so first off, I will say like Elon's not out of like he's not getting off this like was scot free or whatever. But like Tesla is under fire for some of this because the way yeah. that Tesla operates is like all the Teslas kind of the same. Not gonna say all of them, but like you can get different models, right? And one has longer range than the other. 
And sometimes that is not like an actual hardware problem. It's a software coded thing. Yeah. And that's why when there was a hurricane, they sent out patches (laughs) to get people to have longer range on their cars because you have to pay for them to unlock that gate in the software. And I don't have a problem with that. A lot of software people do, but I'm like, look, I, and they're like, well, it shouldn't be like that. I'm like, it's a product. It's like, it's a product. Like, it's hidden behind a wall. You have to pay for it. It's a paywall. It's literally a paywall. If you it's want just it, like the full self-driving feature. That's, that's where you need to know going into it. And uh, there may not be enough buyer information. When you go in and buy the vehicle, you need to know, hey, this vehicle has these features enabled. If you want these other things, we can turn them on, but they cost more money. Right. That's yep. a, it, it, it's done in software, right? It, that's, yeah, it's all, it's, that's the trick of it because well, it, you didn't then theoretically say three years later, okay, now everybody gets it. Well, well, so what's funny though is that people have a problem with it because it's done in software. It's the exact same problem where people for the longest time never like, I don't want to pay for word. You can give me a copy well, of it, right? Yeah, exactly. People want to steal shit. They think software should be free. And, that, and to some degree, it should be. But there are things that are like proprietary I bought a damn computer. Code. Why do I have to pay to have this other stuff to work on it? Yeah, and like people hate paying for these intangible things. Like they hate. Like I'm. I used to be the same way. Like I'm with pirate software or whatever back in the day when I was twelve or whatever. And uh, like I sometimes to this day, like I'm like I'm not paying three dollars for that app. Like even though the app is going to help me. And I spend stupid amounts of money on everything else in the world. I'm like, three dollars. It's, on it's an app. a matter of whether or not you actually know it's going to bring you value. It's a psychology. If, it, if it's something you're going to use every day and it's a productive tool, then yeah, I'll pay for it. Right. But if I need it one time, then give me the trial. Let me decide if I actually need it or not. Right. And because yeah. if you nickel and dime me for twenty five dollars for a piece of software or three hundred dollars for something, and I needed it once or didn't need it at all, that's a huge problem that, in the gaming community right yeah, now. Yeah. Pay to win games. And I so I do think. I, I, I should say I'm mostly on the side of right to repair. I think there are things that need to be ironed out. I when don't it, think when it comes to the movement, right? When it comes to the movement, I think like, I think it's a good thing. I think companies should be like, we're a right to repair hardware manufacturer. Like, and I would be cool with that. Like, and whatever, like, like it's a badge of honor or whatever. But, um, my, my big thing though, is that I would like to see it because I, we need more people in hardware. like, building more hardware. We need that. We don't want to lose that skill set. And if everything's behind a trap door and you have to have a four year degree or whatever to get your hands on it or go through some sort of special training course that is provided by the manufacturers, like everything's kind of locked under key and your access to this education becomes, it's kind of like locked away through government means, which is ridiculous. If it's financial means, I don't really care, but if it's like forced government rules, or whatever, like that's a problem. Like, more or less, like people are afraid to open up their devices because they're going to lose warranties. Again, I kind of understand why that's a problem. Did like, you guys watch the Johnny Harris video on the McDonald's ice cream machine repair, where he kind of he kept digging in and digging in, figuring out that the all of the franchisees can only use a certain vendor for their ice cream machine and they're not allowed to work on it themselves. And there's somebody that figured out how to sideload software that would actually let them actually diagnose it and fix it themselves instead of having to call the proprietary company service contract com- contracted folks. Right. I've not seen this. It sounds interesting. It's about a 25 minute video. It's excellent. It's really, really well, uh, well worth your time to watch it, but it's a, it's the similar, it's the exact same conversation. Right. Say you own a McDonald's franchise 
and you want to have ice cream. This is why the ice cream machines are always broken. You own the ice cream machine. You have to buy it from this one vendor. And the machine has no user interface that you, that you can actually do anything with yourself. If it's down or broken, you can hit the reset, reset cycle. If it doesn't work, you have to call the guy. You have to call the service company who is the only service company that's authorized right. and they have to come out and then they plug in and then they fix it. And that's, that's why the ice cream machine is broken all the time because they have to contact an outside third party system and that they have no choice. Somebody else developed their own little side load deal and said, Hey, just do this. And you, your people can fix it yourselves. Yeah. And Mike McDonald's absolutely threw a fit. I bet. Yeah. Because, because they, they broke the business model. Yeah. They broke, well, they broke the business model. Uh, do they own, like, do they have stake in this other company? Yes. Almost yeah. guaranteed. Yeah. So, it's yeah. I mean, again, it's a double-edged sword. Like if you just give people who are not good with these things, the power, right. right. With great and, power comes and, great and this responsibility. Is, this is where the comp, this is where competition matters. Right. And this may not be the most pure Liberty side of the conversation, but what I learned in business school is that at some point government does also break up monopolies because when you don't have options in the market, things don't work. And that's how eight, well, the, the bell companies. I'm got glad you up. brought that up, though, because the only reason they have monopolies is because of the fucking patents. That is why they have. And like, that's it. Because I was like, why is this? A, I, one of my questions was I had written down, but I deleted. It was like, why is this a problem to begin with? Right. Why is but, this a problem? And to me, patents, it's patents. Patents continue to the copyright law. The cop- trademark. They continue to get extended. Right. Right. There at one time in this country, you had a 20 year, you had 20 years. That was it. Right now they are going on almost infinitely because Walt Disney company doesn't yeah. want to let Mickey mouse yeah. go out into the, they so they, they keep extending it. So, and that, that is keeping everything else locked up as, as property that belongs to one group. Yeah. And what I'm just saying, like it, what I'm saying though, is Jesse, I, the chat room is reminding us that you've almost rolled off the screen. You've slid back so far. Oh my gosh. I was getting comfortable. You're getting folks. very distant. But anyway, the, well, I was getting comfortable. <laughs> These chairs, I don't know if they know this, but I don't know where your guys' money is, but it's not in the chairs. These were, uh, we purchased these very early on. <laughs> so, um, we acquired them very early on. So, it, to me, it comes back down to intellectual property. And I feel like IP, it's like I'm being hypocritical, but IP to me is only exists if you leave it in your brain and you never share it. Like that's the only way you have intellectual property. You'd be like, I created this thing in my brain. I never told anyone or like maybe you've encrypted it and it's stored somewhere, but no one can ever get it. Like now you have IP. I will say outside of that a moment ago that I, I thought it may not be the most Liberty Liberty position to say that government can break up monopolies. But what I've the, the most fundamental part of libertarianism to me is that government is there to protect against force and fraud, right? That's that's the that's the legitimate role. And if you have the point where there's all, you're forcing somebody to only use one vendor, and they then you've got their entire livelihood forced into you have to use this one company. Yeah, but there's contracts in place. Yeah, it's not so. Yeah. So but, you've agreed to it. There's it's voluntary transactions. Sure, this is but why it's a problem. But you can't go somewhere else. If you're, if you're no, running, you can't, it's in the contract. You can't go anywhere else as you signed it voluntarily. So, you, but they you, can, they can also modify the terms, right? So if you are a McDonald's franchisee or yeah, anybody that else, a court problem, but, but that's, that's, that's what happens is that you don't have, you don't have options in your, you, 
I'm very, just, very everybody often. knows very, the ice cream machines at McDonald's right. sucks. If you bought a contract and you're pissed, the machines are breaking. Where have you been? But if you've been, a, <laughs> but if you've been a franchisee, this is a good example. If you've been a franchisee since 1990, right, and and then they came in and they said, okay, we're going to change from this other ice cream machine that was stable when we used it all the time to the, hey, we got a new vendor and this is how you have to use now. And within the next three years, you have to replace your machine with this one. Or you can't be you can't have your McDonald's franchise anymore, right? Yeah. So then they've they've selected the only vendor, and then they say the only person that you can repair with is this one company. That's where you start to go down this path of well, I've, I'm being forced into this. I don't have any option. I don't agree with this argument. I see it for sure. I can see how you're getting there. I just don't agree with it because you have contracts. You can break your contract, let go. Sure, of it. and I can I can get not up my, forced. You you could get out of it. Yes, and then I will no longer have the one. Of this thing, you will no longer own a machine I, that gives you headaches. No, you. I will no longer have a McDonald's, right? <laughs> no, I know that's I, what I'm I, saying. I will no longer. You're worth have, to talk about. They don't have ice cream machines. Yeah, but down somebody already town. owns that franchise in town. Oh, you, well, sucks to be you. you know? <laughs> like again, I, I, it's a, you're entering a contract, right? It's not, it's not force if there's a contract, like especially a legitimate contract that you have signed and it's been read by all everybody's attorneys and it's sitting somewhere. That's not force. You've signed it. 40 years ago. It's not. Things not get updated pro- since then. Yeah. Then is, is the money coming in? The only people. So Wait, okay. A, all right. All right. Here's Let's the problem. Do it this way. Grandpa bought a McDonald's franchise in yeah. 1967 and it was passed down to your mom and now you've got it. Yeah. I so no longer you know, own a McDonald's. So now you've got the franchise <laughs> grandpa bought and signed yeah. the paperwork on. You're still like, well, Grandpa, you screwed up. Yeah, now we're screwed by this this digital copyright thing and I can't. Jesse, you, what, you only call what one you're company. Saying, what you're saying is. Um, I think that what you're fighting about is the the McDonald's have corporate having control, and you saying like, well, you know, I signed the contract, therefore, like, are you saying like you can't complain about it because you signed? I it? think that one lonely franchisee has no like. You can complain all you want. You're not going to make any ruffles and any feathers at corporate McDonald's. You're going to have to do a whole entire thing. I'm starting to think Jesse would have run a real good West Virginia coal mine town back in the day. You would listen. So, you work for this company. You know that the only place you're allowed to buy flour is at yeah is at steel mill grocery. He, he said earlier that he was in an ANCAP Facebook. <laughs> so you can't. What I'm saying though is that in order for them to change it. There's two. I have two problems in my brain. One is why don't all the franchisees? Well, I'm at right now for the subject. One is why are the franchisees not forming some sort of thing to like? Hey, Mister McDonald's, I need a machine that doesn't break down all the time. My customers are pissed. Also, why does McDonald's want the notoriety of having broken ice cream machines? Because they're getting money from the vendor. They've got Remember, their contract we, relationship. We have we established that McDonald's has stake in this. Well, I, but how? Like, how is the money they're making out of the vendor more than they're making off the margin of the ice cream? Like, that doesn't make any sense. The ice cream has to be cheaper than shit. The hardware is very expensive. The bring people out and fix it very expensive. I don't understand that game. Go I, watch the Johnny Harris video. I know, we, don't, I, we don't need to I'm get playing, into that part. I feel tonight. like we're in another conspiracy. <laughs> we're, All right. we're talking about any corporation in the world. There's giant conspiracies like this everywhere with incredible things that don't make sense <laughs> that look like extreme we, monetary I ways. I feel like we just need to re, re, uh, bring up the conspiracy podcast you used to have. 
Yeah. Tinfoil time with yeah. Dakota tinfoil and Andre. We'll just go through every single corporation and like the <laughs> Fortune 125 There companies. you go. Perfect. Then, uh, so anyways, John Deere's, good work on them. <laughs> <laughs> ice cream shops. I think we've yeah. uh, listen. I think we've done fine. I think we've wet the appetite. If folks want to learn more, we're going to watch this, uh, see how it, see how things go along. We're going to check at the producer's desk and see if they have anything over there that they want to cover in final thoughts. Producer's desk, anything? Uh, it's empty. Jesse, what did we miss? Do, do you want to? Have you apologized enough for this pie? I apologize at least three times. Okay, and all I'm right. not one to apologize that often. I Earlier, you said you weren't sorry at all. He wasn't sorry at all, and he blamed me for stacking. I never blamed you. I just understand how everything came to be. Jeremiah, look at this now, though. Like on the silver, the silver lining of the cloud here is that it's gonna. It's like a lot more fun to eat this way because <laughs> it doesn't like, matter at this like, point. You can just take a fork and dig in. There's no rules now. It's All the rules have been pie. broken. It's an ancap yeah. pie. It's already been on the floor. What's the worst <laughs> thing that could happen? Yeah, uh, I, it's they given don't clean Dakota around here for those. It's who given know. Dakota. They, we clean all the time. It just it just dirties instantaneously. Uh, brick walls are not no ceiling or anything. It, it listen. You can't tell where the brick dust begins and the cr- the crust uh, ends. It's, I I will say that I had a small sliver. Yeah, and you didn't eat any. Correct. And Dakota, I've eaten like half and Dakota has eaten half the pie. It looks really rich. It's delicious. Is it's, it rich? Take a yeah, bite. No, rich. just take one little. I'm bite. not. I'm full. Right I don't really like pie. It's peanut butter. How do you not like pie? I'm just not a pie guy. <laughs> What a freak. Jesse, what uh, <laughs> what else is going on, man? I don't have anything else going on. What happened to Mama Roo? It's over. I'm never going to get to go back. I think she's still open for another week. Maybe next week. The uh, I think the 24th, 26th, something like that. I have been there twice since she's made that video, though. So it's over. This uh, landmark Eastside Indianapolis Cajun place is over. That is what she says. Yeah, it's shut them down. Do you believe no. that it's over? Or do you think it'll come back? And no, I think it's again? over for at least now until she gets tired of working for somebody is she else. retiring or something? No, she's just, business um, is hard. Yeah. It's business is hard. And you know, the way people want to operate their businesses, uh, make they, you know, that's hard too. So if you want to, like, again, I'm not saying like she has the way she wants to run her business. And I, I think it makes it very difficult. I'm not eating it. It was on the floor. Just put it off. in your mouth too. I don't really like pie. My favorite pie is like sugar cream. I love sugar. Well, I should say it's my favorite, but it's. I bid on a sugar sugar cream pie as well, but I lost. Yeah, well, you should have. If you won that, I would have made sure I would have protected <laughs> that thing. And I don't know why I like them. They don't really taste that good. I don't like. They're super sugary. Like mm, it's just sugar, great. man. It's just sugar and cream. The um, so good. But anyway, yeah. If, if you're listening from out of state, the sugar cream pie is the Indiana state pie state of India, pie. and it's literally and just listen, sugar. We know our state pie. Yeah, it's from Winchester, Indiana. Um, but yeah, so Wix, that is the, we went up there together, didn't we? I was no, like, you and the other Jeremiah went up there together. I know, but I thought we went up there. I don't think so. We never went up there to buy silver. We I should do the most libertarian thing you can do on the east side of Indiana is drive the Winchester and buy silver. You want to go up near there and go watch the Sammy Kershaw concert? I don't want to do any of that. Just want to go <laughs> buy some silver. I don't even, I actually, I'll probably sell it. It's like $26 an ounce. Right silver. Now. Silver. Oh, like the, Silvertown. Uh, so okay, like we'll rent some mules. We'll we'll go to the highest point in Indiana, you and me with our Sherpas. We don't need mules. And then we'll, we'll I mean, then we'll <laughs> ride them into Silvertown. Perfect. It's a, it's not too far from there. Right. It's on the way. We'd be fools not to go. I mean, it's kind of a long way, but it is on the way if you go the long way. 
Anything else we need to know? Uh, Where I'm can people find your work? Where can they catch my work? Yeah, the, what, what do you downtown promote? Indianapolis? No, like your stickers, and <laughs> your your stickers, your stuff. Just your uh, Google uh, assholes with Mark and Jesse or whatever ah, your show's called. I think we've got a new name. Elbows. Yeah. Every time I go on the show, it's a new name. Uh, <laughs> but no, this but show no that release. has never started yet. Well, really it started. started we just never released it. So, um, just go to Etsy or not Etsy. Go to Google and type uh, B I T. M VR V R bit mover bit mover. It's, but no, there's no vowels in the, uh, the mover part. Uh, and if you see Etsy bit mover, you'll, you'll probably see all my stuff there. So if you want to buy something, go for it. Christie's, you know, dumped a bunch of money on me. She made it rain. But, um, anyway, that's what I got going on. Also, there's just random crap on Amazon. Um, so I don't know. There's like a link tree. I just forget what mine is all of a sudden. So. Okay. Add Jesse on Facebook and he'll, uh, he'll add you. Please do not add me on Facebook. Definitely add Jesse add on Facebook. Add me on Twitter or Instagram. I am not trying to be on Facebook. <laughs> Dakota. I, I just wanted to say. I feel like you owe me like 30 bucks for the pie. <laughs> it's funny. I don't owe you anything apparently. Dakota's just been all over it. I'm loving it. I'm going to bring a peanut butter pie. He's going to work so the, hard in the gym tomorrow morning. You understand. Peanut butter pies, like my favorite pie. <laughs> What's I freaking it? just love. What is all peanut butter pies? made pie? Is it just peanut butter and what? And it's peanut butter sugar. and whipped sugar and cream. It's huh. like it's literally a sugar cream pie Worth with peanut, peanut butter, butter in it. Yeah, it's so good. Not baked as long. I'm surprised people don't put jelly on it or something. That would probably be good. That would be. Sometimes you'd find some chocolate on something. You might. You yeah. might find some chocolate sprinkles on it. I just like really. straight. Sauce. No, no, no. This kid did it perfect where it's just straight up creamy. It's just creamy peanut butter. What if you did, though, like you serve it upside down so you have the crust on the top and then you put a little bit of jam on top? See, I think that I would think be, good. Yeah. be good. Especially like you're blackberry on jam. That. Love blackberry <sighs> jam. Food talk with Jesse and Dakota. I'm a fat I, kid. Th- I thought about earlier, I was like, I'm thinking about what to put in the show notes. And I'm like, we only have the thing about the right to repair. Got to come up with something else. I had I put in the other group chat earlier about the George Bush Afghanistan thing. So I hadn't really thought that much about it. But then I'm like, oh, wait, Chris is going to be there tonight. It'll be good for Chris to be involved with this conversation we have on Afghanistan. Yeah. But he got sick. Yeah. Then Chris didn't show up. And then like. I put it in our group chat planning for this show, trying to start a conversation to see, to gauge where Chris is at. And then he just sends me another message. He's like, I'm not going to be there tonight. Sniffles. I'm looking right in the camera right now. Zach Bertram is in the chat. All the weird stuff you people bring in, making me and you bring in a peanut butter pie. One of my favorites when I'm not here. That'll teach, you to, so that'll, too, that'll teach you to spend a week in North Carolina. <laughs> Woo! That's hilarious. Oh, by the way, uh, Mr. Bertram, you're, I was going to tell you tonight, I know Scott, one of your old coworkers. Okay. That's it. <laughs> Great. This is excellent radio. Everybody's really excited. We don't know who the hell Scott is. Yeah, I can't say He's names. probably not going to know Scott. Uh, he oh might. So funny. <laughs> they work um, at the same place. The Clueless to- Farmer has released his most recent YouTube video. We're in it's it. It's our friend Mark Brim. We are in that it's YouTube his, video. It's his I Need a New Motor video. 
Uh, so make sure you go check that out. I've been trying to keep up with Mark. Is he I doing think- the van thing where they go vanning everywhere? No, he's becoming a farmer. In I, I love that Jesse listens to the show when he's not on it. He's really a dedicated listener. Hey, I got con- I'm out searching for good content. <laughs> he's just constantly. What'd you trying. bring me this week? <laughs> I had a whole pro and con list. You, you had, did. You had he a had a whole list. subset of notes on. He had a pro and con list, and he dropped my damn pie. Brought you. Beer. He created good content. Uh, I'm about ready to go on the concert circuit with Mason Roddinghouse. That sounds interesting. A year ago. I got my tickets to see Joe Diffie. He died. And uh, R.I.P. Tracy Lawrence. <laughs> and <laughs> since I bought, I like Joe since Diffie. I bought my Joe Diffie tickets, it's turned into a Sammy Kershaw and Tracy Lawrence concert because Joe Diffie died from the yeah. Rona. Oh yeah, so, he did die from Rona. So right. it got rescheduled, and it's uh, it's going to be tomorrow night. Finally, it really was from yeah the Cove. Yeah, he was an yeah, early. Yeah, he was one of the. He was one of the early people. COVID deaths. Oh, so wow. I'm finally going to see it. It was supposed to be on my birthday last year. It. I've been waiting an entire year for Mason and I to go to this. We're going to be in the pit like a bunch of idiots, and I'm going to know. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to know all the song lyrics. I'm going to make it an enormous fool of myself at the J County Fair. So, look for me to make a make a fool of myself. Mason Roddinghouse will then get on a plane, and he's going to fly to Utah. And he's going to go watch Garth Brooks perform on Saturday night. In Utah? In Utah. Good God. And Are you going to Utah? No. Oh, okay. No, I'm going to be at the, uh, the the very exclusive event that Chris Spengel is hosting. Oh, okay. Uh, so Mason's going to be going to Utah, coming home on Sunday. And then the following weekend, I guess two weeks after, I will be going to Nashville, Tennessee, with uh, with Sarah and Mason to see Garth Brooks, and we're going to see Garth Brooks. Okay, I, just, I thought you were going to go see Garth Brooks. I was like, wait, you're going to Utah? Yeah. Uh, and then in September, uh, once again, another COVID reschedule. I'll see Garth Brooks again in September. Uh, that was supposed to be last year. I'm going to go see Megadeth. When's that? Uh, September. Is that I at think. Deer Creek Verizon Wireless Clips Music Center yep. by Rule of Thumb Mortgage? Yep. Them and hopefully, I really want to go to see maybe Megadeth and In Flames. But yeah. Uh, they ha- did not have their shit straight this time. Who? The venue. Oh, I've never been. They, it's all digital ticketing now. Yeah. So you I, have to show I your wanted phone. to buy VIP tickets, but, um, they, they may have it figured out by the third or fourth concert, but the first one back, they were way out of practice and they were all digital. Well, everywhere just has really bad labor people. It was a struggle. Have you ever tried to order a cheeseburger or taco anywhere? I, I normally try to have Sarah do that for me. Yeah. It's terrible. I, I've thrown a bag. Have I, have I told you guys a story? No. Uh, I yield my final thoughts to you. Tell me. Tell me about your rage, Jesse. I was really radio. mad one night, and everybody is, is going to be mad at me, and I'm mad at myself, but it's still funny at the same time. So I had went into Taco Bell uh, after leaving a drinking establishment and was like, hey, just, you know, sun's still out. And I'm like, pull up. And this is like the third time this has happened. How they long go, ago is this? A couple of weeks ago. Okay. Maybe a month ago. So I pull up into it and he's like, hey, we're closed. I was like, what is your name? <laughs> he's like, what do you mean? What What's is your name? badge number? I was like, every time I come to this damn drive through, you're closed. I, I don't understand. What's your name? And he's like, it's uh, I wrote it down, but <laughs> he's like, <laughs> this is like me, sir. Being like don't old. you know I'm on a moderately popular podcast in East Central Indiana? I will dox you. 
so he gave me his name or whatever. Scott. No, I'm just going to write and Scott. be like, what is up with your, your restaurant always being closed? This is the guy who told me it was closed every time I go in there and he's out there smoking cigarettes. So I just think they're short staffed and they want a break and they get their break. I'm like, I don't really, it's, I'm not mad at him. I'm just like, I need to know someone. I'd be like, I talk to somebody. It's probably not even his real name. It doesn't sound real. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm like, whatever. I leave. My name's Marlboro. Leave me alone. And I'm like, well, the only other place I'm going to stop at is Jack in the Box. Terrible establishment. But they have really cheap But it's tacos. at Post Road in 70. Yeah. So it's right off the interstate. I can hop in and hop out. So I pull in there. And I'm like, look, I want three orders of your two tacos. And they're like, so you want six tacos? I'm like, that's how multiplication works. <laughs> And without lettuce and like in some sauce, you know, like and you already have an attitude after the Taco Bell incident. I just always have an attitude. No, I'm really pretty kind in drive throughs to be honest with you. I feel like you're the guy that should order through the app. No, no, I'm actually like people love me in the drive through. I feel like, but I always get compliments on my sunglasses and stuff. It's really weird. But anyway, so it's very strange. I'm telling you, it's very, it's, I'm like, what the hell are these people doing? So what do your sunglasses look like? We, we just saw them. They're Hallbrooks. Yeah. Okay. Fine. The All right. There some, it's always some like 18 year old kids like, Hey man, I love your sunglasses. I'm like, thanks man. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody's trying to pick up a daddy in Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I, I'm in the, the Jack in the box thing. So I get my tacos, right. And I pull around and I open them up and I can feel lettuce. they're loaded with lettuce. And I'm like, God damn it. So I get my car and I drive around and I park the damn thing and I go to like go into it so mm-hmm. I can change. Please my tell me the door was locked. Doors fucking locked. <laughs> I was like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> I step up to my car and then I look at the door and I throw my sack of food at the fucking building <laughs> and I get in my car and I leave. I was so mad and hungry and hungry. Not really. I'm fat, but <laughs> I'm like. This is be- unbelievable. Like how I hate COVID so much. Like, just let me go into a restaurant and eat like, I want in, my tacos with no lettuce. And then, and then they don't give them to you. And then you can't fix it. Yeah. I can't fix it without going through the drive through, which they're like one of the only restaurants open right now. So the drive through is forever long. Yeah. Yeah. I'm you're like, screwed. And- I, I had a, not that not this bad. And I've, I've just taken the approach of the hell with it. I don't care anymore. Right. I, it, that was mine. That's why I threw the fucking bag at their head. Right. Well, I was hungry. <laughs> like, everybody else is like rioting and getting mad. <laughs> Monday. Taco Monday. cocktail or of cocktail taco. Boom. Mo- Monday. Sarah go. and I have been working at the county fair all week, volunteering in the evenings. We went to Wendy's Monday night. Went to the Here in town? Room. Here in town. It's busy all the time. We went to the, the, the drive. The, they are. They double wide drive through. That doesn't really work that well, but. We went to Wendy's. And uh, they 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 have the dining room closed. So if somebody has to pull forward, some kid grabs a chair and props it open. I see this as I'm going through the drive through line. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be able to go back inside. I ordered a salad. I ordered a Caesar salad. I, their dining room is not closed. It was closed that night because the they, guy they, was propping the, the door. The open dining the rooms close very early. So oh, it closes early. Eight yeah. thirty nine o'clock. Yeah, Dakota, like, Dakota goes to bed at seven if it's not for the <laughs> podcast. So he wouldn't know. Yeah. I'm up past my bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> so this kid's propping the door up. And so I'm like, there's no way. And I'm, I've done the same thing. I waited through the drive through line, ordered my food. Yep. I get my stuff handed to me. I can hear the chaos of somebody saying, I need more seats or whatever it, from the whatever. 
the walk in. So I grab my stuff. I pull forward. So I'm not in the way. I look in the bag. I got no dressing. I got yeah. no Caesar dressing. And I have no, there's no way to fix it. Yeah. There's no, no fixing it. And now, I, now I've got my, my romaine lettuce and my, and I, I'm like, well, I'm going to go home and whatever the hell I got. And I, it's, yeah. that's the way it's going to go. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I'm not eating lettuce. So it's, uh, again, I, I'm not proud about what I did, but I did it and it felt really good. I don't feel proud about it, but it felt good. Like I just like, was like, I've always wanted to like Listen, throw man. my food at taco bells window. And I've not done that yet to just watch it, My cheesy gordita crunch with lettuce <laughs> slowly <laughs> fall down the window. Did you take it out of the bag and throw the tacos like six? Yeah. Just, no, like, I just threw the whole damn bag. No, I was like, fuck. And just like threw it out the window. <laughs> and it was just like, hey. and I was just bad at Marion County and like Some, everything. Sometimes you just need to throw something. Sometimes you I just know. need to throw a taco. I don't like, go to the gym and work out. So like, honestly, some, it's like that's like, all I have. <laughs> I feel like there have been times where I've been angry and I just throw something. Yeah. And then I immediately feel a lot better. There was a, a meme joke real quick. I know we're trying to leave, but there was a joke about gamers and they built this, like it was like a, a, a meme commercial or whatever, but they are uh, like, it's like those like products. Nobody wants things. So it's, you put your controller in this like phone, like blow up thing and you put your, and you play with that way. So you can just take the whole thing, like throw it. I was like, that's actually, I would probably use that. Like I would actually end up throwing my, I've never thrown my controller since I was like 10, but I would probably throw my controller more often if I could have the luxury to do so. Not at my TV, though. I chucked my phone one time playing COD Mobile. Oh, I've chucked my phone so many times. Just chucked it. Like, I, as they've gotten more expensive, that, <laughs> that's happened less and less and less. But uh, this, No, this was like <laughs> five, six months ago. Yeah. Like in the wintertime. I, I throw them into the couch. I'm like, ah! I just throw them into the couch. No, I was at work. I threw it across my office. Oh. Yeah. There's yeah. an IndyCar video game coming out again. So I am going to be back in the gaming world. In the gaming world. I don't know. I will probably not be playing with you, but I wish you Godspeed. I don't know which uh, which which platform I need to have. I don't remember the, when the game comes out. But whatever it is, it's, I hope it's, it's by, on a Switch. It's going to be on a uh, Surface tablet. No, it's, it's made by <laughs> Motorsports Games. Uh, and there, it's going to be on the uh, PlayStation, Xbox, and Windows-based platform. Uh, deal perfect first new indie car game in 20 years i remember playing the other one so i'm i'm gonna get it uh it should be ready in 2023 so i've got a while yeah they'll push so it back. i probably won't be getting the uh the x it probably won't be working on my xbox one i'm actually gonna have to break down and get an xbox seven or, or whatever the hell it is xbox one series x xbox series x I don't, yeah that's i mean i have to get one of those probably so i've never made the jump to playstation i've been an xbox guy since the 360 so that's probably what don't I'm diverge doing. all right that's enough of this you guys are awesome we'll see you next week for a show and we don't know what the hell we'll talk about